The Sacramento Kings get hit with a double whammy as both COVID and the Memphis Grizzlies come into town and have their way with Sacramento. In the case of the Kings and Grizzlies game, it got off to a good start, but this Memphis team is legit. When they decided they weren't messing around anymore, there really was nothing that the Kings could do. Still, there's some positives to talk about. We'll recap this Kings loss. We'll talk about the effects of COVID on this roster. There's been a rumor that has been overblown about De'Aaron Fox being involved in trade conversations that I will address. Plus, We'll have a little bit of fun with the hypothetical of what if the Kings did name Doug Christie their head coach from next season onward. We'll talk about it all on today's episode of the Locked on Kings podcast. You are Locked on Kings, your daily Sacramento Kings podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And now... Ladies and gentlemen, it is that time, time for another episode of Locked on Kings. Hello and welcome into Locked on Kings, your podcast hub for Sacramento Kings coverage all regular season and all off season. If you're looking for in-depth analysis, game-by-game breakdowns, highlights, interviews with local and national experts, full coverage of your Sacramento Kings from January through December, this is the place for you, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. And today's episode is brought to you by Truebill, the new app that saves you money by helping you identify and stop paying for the subscriptions that you don't want or need. And Truebill can even negotiate better deals on those subscriptions that you want to keep. My name is Matt George. I have the privilege of being your host here. I've been a Sacramento sports media member for the last seven years. This is my eighth season covering Kings basketball, uh, formerly for Sports 1140 KHDK Radio in Sacramento, now with ABC 10 Television. And these last three seasons, including this season, have been strange, to say the least. Of course, we have the uh, the COVID-shortened season when all this got going now almost two years ago, which is incredible. Just crazy to think about last season with the uh, with the shortened season that of course was after the uh, the the bubble uh, in Orlando and then this season that was hopefully going to be everything getting back to normal until over the last week or so COVID nineteen and the new Omicron variant has just run wild throughout the league. I mean, Woj and Shams, I think Tyrese Halliburton made this joke on Twitter. Woj and Shams have been tweeting about players going down with COVID as actively as if it were the NBA draft or trade deadline day. Like the amount of players league-wide that have been going down with COVID has been insane. And unfortunately, that bug hit the Sacramento Kings hard. It all started with Alvin Gentry out of the blue testing positive for COVID-19, even though I believe he's asymptomatic. Uh, and uh, we had Doug Christie take over and become the the interim interim head coach uh, or temporary head coach for the Kings, and they ended up beating the uh, the Washington Wizards in what was a, a really nice win, a nice return to Sacramento after their bad three game road trip. But that victory was short lived. As from that point on, we have just heard case after case, player after player, even staff just going down uh, with COVID-19. And the reality is this team, as far as we know, was was healthy and had avoided um, the spread of COVID-19, but they went on this road trip and played a couple of teams that did have uh, did have some positive cases and some players in health and safety protocols or go into health and safety, uh, safety protocols after uh, the Kings played them. And here we are. Like the bug hit Sacramento very, very quickly. Now, 
Uh, I think I speak for everybody when we're saying we hope it's a speedy recovery and this Kings team can get back to healthy as, as quick as possible. But as soon as you saw the list of names that was out, including De'Aaron Fox, Davion Mitchell, Rashawn Holmes is out still for his eye injury, not because he has COVID-19 as far as we know, uh, not to mention the coaching staff as well. Tyrese Hall- or uh, Tyrese almost didn't play in this game because of a back injury, had nothing to do with COVID-19, but he did end up playing. Uh, Terrence Davis didn't play because he's in the health and safety protocols. Marvin Bagley's been out with health and safety protocols. I mean, this team is just absolutely decimated. So seeing that, heading into a game against a very good Memphis team who is without their star, John Morant, but clearly that didn't matter as the, the Grizzlies heading into this game were 9-1 and one in their last 10 games. There's not There hasn't been a team playing better basketball than the Memphis Grizzlies heading into this game. And after tonight's game, they're now 10-1. and one in their last 11 games. Uh, Memphis is really, really good. The Kings, super shorthanded. There is no reason to have any expectations for this game other than whoever shows up does play hard. And for the most part, we got that in this game. So I have a very hard time. There are certainly some ug- ugly moments, some things to be frustrated about, also some things really to like uh, from, from the Kings' performance in this game. I have a hard time getting excited or getting upset or one way or another with anything to do with this game. I, I did not go. I'm choosing to uh, avoid and, and stay away from the NBA and the Golden One Center and the Kings and everybody uh, for the foreseeable future. That's my choice mainly, uh, not for myself, but for my, my three-month-old son that I have at home. Uh, I know there are other um, Kings journalists who are, are brave in it and have no problem going and aren't aren't too concerned. It, it, almost all of us are, are vaccinated and everything like that and have to go through uh, protocols in order to just get in the building and have the access that we have. I personally am choosing not to do that. Uh, and, and quite frankly, I, I'm I'm surprised. Maybe not. I'm. I wouldn't have been surprised if the Kings and the NBA decided to postpone this game. And we've seen, I can't remember which team it was. It might've been the Chicago Bulls that had games postponed. It was the Chicago Bulls because the Bulls were like the Kings, but uh, a couple weeks ago, they just got decimated and their entire roster uh, went on to health and safety protocols. They were really the first team, I think, to get hit as hard as now almost every team is getting hit in the NBA. But I wouldn't have been surprised if this game tonight had been canceled. In fact, I know there was a lot of chatter surrounding this game, especially on the side of the Memphis Grizzlies, who I know some of them did not want to play in this game because they are not interested in becoming like the Kings, a team that comes in contact with another team who has COVID issues and suddenly Memphis gets their their um, roster decimated. Now, I'm hoping that's not the case. I'm hoping they were able to contain it and players were able to stay safe, but who knows who's been exposed and who not uh, in the Sacramento Kings organization at this point in time. So, uh, that we'll have to we'll have to keep an eye on that. But at the same time, I'm not surprised at all that this game wasn't postponed and that the NBA is not talking about canceling or pausing the season by any means. They would never cancel it, but pause it or delay games uh, by any means because the NBA as a whole owners are still drastically recovering uh, from the effects of COVID-19 on their bottom line over the last couple of seasons. So owners in the league, they're going to do everything in their power, including they're discussing uh, extending the, like how many roster spots a team can have for basically like fill in emergency players. Um, They're going to do everything in their power to make sure this season continues, which I understand 
I do think it's a little irresponsible at some points because I know it's a money decision over a, a, a health of their players decision, but the players association is involved. And of course the players don't get paid uh, if they don't play and the league doesn't happen uh, anyway. So it's not like the players are being abused by any means. It's just an interesting situation that uh, we're going to have to continue to follow all of that to say that the Kings come into a game against a very good Memphis Grizzlies team with no expectations and they end up losing pretty badly, although the final score, 124 to 105, really doesn't tell the story of this game. Um, the story of this game was that the Kings got off to actually a really solid start. They were playing very, very well uh, in the first half. Uh, they they came out of the gate playing well, the, smooth on both ends of the floor. They were forcing Memphis into some tough spots defensively, holding the Memphis Grizzlies to under 30% shooting. Uh, the Grizzlies were struggling to score in the paint. The Kings were doing a very good job defensively, even with a starting lineup that was not half bad. It had Tyrese Halliburton mainly running the point, Buddy Heald starting at the two, Harrison Barnes uh, out there at the three, Jimezzi Metu at the four, and Tristan Thompson at the five. So it wasn't like a, a Sacramento Kings G League starting lineup. So there, it was still okay to have expectations for this team to to play well and potentially start well. And they did. They did play well um, until about midway through the second quarter. Now, the Kings went on a run early in the second quarter. At one point, we're up 15, and we're all looking around going, hey, are, are the Kings going to do the Grizzlies what every shorthanded team does against Sacramento? And it always seems like teams step up and play well in these moments when they have to. Uh, players embrace their opportunity uh, and when one guy goes down, the next guy has to step up. And you see that happen a lot in the NBA, especially against the Sacramento Kings. But then the Grizzlies decided, you know what, this BS isn't going to happen anymore. Enough's enough. We're basically a completely healthy team. Yeah, John Morant is out, but this team has been damn good over the last 10 games. And they said, okay, enough of the, uh, enough is enough. They picked up the intensity defensively. Uh, they were harassing ball handlers. They were targeting Kings young players. And honestly, I can't just say that either because they were forcing the Kings vets into a lot of mistakes. The Kings had, I think eight turnovers in the second quarter. And I think seven of them came like after that, that early run. So maybe in the final six, seven minutes of the second quarter, seven of those turnovers happened. Uh, the Kings just could not take care of the basketball. Grizzlies come roaring back, take a two point lead at halftime. And they just carried that momentum into the second half, kept that defensive intensity up. And there was really nothing to the Sacramento Kings could do about it in the end uh the kings were just overwhelmed just completely overwhelmed they made some bad mistakes uh this the second half especially the third quarter was all memphis 33 uh to 19 the grizzlies outscored the kings in the second or third quarter and then in the fourth quarter uh they built onto that 33 uh to 30 and the kings held memphis to under 30 points 29 points in both the first and second quarters but Let's talk about the performances, some of the individual performances, because we got a good look at, at Tyrese Halliburton running the point, being the primary ball handler, really the only ball handler that the Sacramento Kings had. Uh, they had to sign Justin Robinson to like an emergency 10-day contract in order to have a, a backup point guard, basically, with both Fox and uh, Davion Mitchell out. Um, so we got a good glimpse of, hey, this is what Tyrese Halliburton can be without De'Aaron Fox. And of course, that there's reasons to pay attention to that with the the rumors and the possibility of the Kings um, maybe being willing to, to move on from Fox. And for those who are thinking that the Kings could move on from Fox and be just fine with Tyrese Halliburton, they were paying close attention to this game. And Tyrese played well. 
He had a really good start to this game. Second half, he and the rest of the team, like I already talked about, were terrible. Uh, he finished with 21 points to lead the Kings in scoring. Also had 10 assists, so that's a, a very good double-double for him. Also had six rebounds. He was flirting with the triple-double for a while, but that kind of evaporated in the second half. Shot 50% from the field, 4 of 6 for 66% from three-point range. It was nice to see uh, Tyrese playing aggressive, looking for a shot because he had to, uh, while also being able to run the offense and, and play the pick and roll as well as he does. Uh, Chemezi Metu stepped up in a major way offensively uh, early on. Now, he took far too many shots for my liking. The shots had to come from somebody, and, and Metu putting up 15 of them. Not the biggest fan of that. Also put up nine three-pointers, went two of nine from three-point range, but did finish with a career-high 18 points. Also had 11 rebounds for a double-double for him. Uh, Harrison Barnes had a very inefficient 20 points. He got off to a strong start, but slowed down significantly as the game went on. He went five of 16 from the field, three of seven from three-point range. And then Buddy Heald, who I thought I put the over-under at 19 and a half shots uh, for Buddy Heald. And he only took 10 of them, including just six three-pointers. Uh, and went four of six from three-point range. I think I said that Tyrese shot four of six from three. I want to correct that. He shot three of five from three-point range. It was Buddy Heald who shot four of six. So an efficient shooting night for Buddy. Didn't shoot nearly as much as I expected as a starter. I give credit to him for that. I give credit to Doug Christie for that. Um, although maybe the Kings could have used a little more shooting out of him. But that also risks or puts the team at risk of Buddy Hield shooting them out of the game. So all five scores uh, starters finished in double figures. Tristan Thompson had some good minutes as well, but this Kings team, they just, they, they couldn't handle when the intensity was picked up by Memphis uh, and they had no answer uh, for the Grizzlies. As soon as uh, they, they just picked up that intensity and, and forced the Kings out of what was working, the pick and roll, the fluid offense, the defense leading to offense in the first quarter. Uh, as soon as that changed, Kings really had no chance uh, in this one. So what do we do with a game like this? What do we take away from a game like this? Well, I mean, at best you can take away that Tyrese is capable of, of leading this team, not necessarily to victory, but he can lead this team when De'Aaron Fox is out. This is also a nice reminder that offensively, the Kings do still very much need uh, De'Aaron Fox and Regardless of who the Kings played, they were going to struggle to to win uh, with as many players, as many important pieces as they have out. But we're going to talk about a recent rumor that was, I think, misconstrued. Brian Windhorst of ESPN spoke on a podcast and, and was talking about the Kings and, and their potential approach to the trade deadline. And somehow this turned into a report on Bleacher Report that the Kings were including De'Aaron Fox in trade conversations, with, which could be true, but it was reported as if it was true from Windhorst. I'm going to address that. Uh, plus, I want to talk about the hypothetical of what if Doug Christie became the next head coach of the Sacramento Kings and when that would happen. Uh, we'll talk about all that in just a little bit. Right now, though, I want to let you know today's episode of Locked on Kings is brought to you by Stance, founded in 2009. Stance Apparel represents a radical reinvention of socks, underwear, and active apparel. With a sharp focus on comfort, quality, and creativity, Stance brings an atypical aesthetic alongside some of pop culture's hottest collaborators for the ultimate in style and self-expression. Because everything you wear should be a direct extension of who you are and how you feel. Stance believes that the perfect fit matters more than just fitting in, that those who feel good do good. Go see for yourself. Register for an account at stance.com and get 15% off your first purchase. I highly recommend getting their socks, if nothing else. Really, really like the Stance socks. The underwear, very comfortable as well. Use promo code LOCKEDON at checkout to apply. Enjoy the color and comfort of a life less ordinary with Stance. 
A quick note before we dive into these uh, these De'Aaron Fox trade rumors. The Sacramento Kings are now 12-18 and 18 on the season. Why is that important? Well, it's not the record that they were hoping, certainly, at this point in the season through 30 games. But in the last two seasons as well, the Kings were 12-18 and 18 through their first 30 games. So, this team hasn't really improved. Of course, in both those seasons, they were shortened. This is expected to be a full 82-game season for the Kings. So, their win total will probably higher, be higher than the last couple of seasons just because of uh, of the amount of games played, or at least we hope. But in the end, this Kings team, they've been the same that they've always been with this Kings core, which is something that I've talked about time and time and time again. That's just another number uh, to reflect that that I want to make sure I got in here. But let's talk about this, uh, what I feel to be kind of uh, misconstrued or, or, or spun report. No disrespect to Bleacher Report, no disrespect to NBA Central who ended up tweeting this out, um, but it's not what it seems. Brian Windhorst appeared on a uh, on a podcast. I'm not sure what the, uh, the name of the podcast was, Brian Windhorst from ESPN, and basically this is what he said. He said, the word that I got this week is that nobody on the roster is untouchable and they have made offers, they being the Kings, have made offers that are reflective as such. But I think that they're in the mix. They're in the mix for Ben Simmons. So that was Windhorse on the podcast. Now, what NBA Central tweeted out, which was from Bleacher Report, is that there's a lot of smoke in quotes regarding De'Aaron Fox possibly being available in trade talks. Basically, reading this report, makes it sound like the Kings are actively shopping De'Aaron, which is not the case at all. What Windhorse is saying, which I 100% agree with, is that this Kings roster, when it comes to trade talks and trade conversations, nobody or almost nobody is listed as untouchable. And I expect De'Aaron Fox to be a part of that. When you're a team that hasn't improved, you're a team that's struggling as bad as the Kings are, a team that needs to make a change, you can't really list anybody as untouchable. That being said... It always was going to be an offer that completely blows your socks off if you're Monty McNair to trade De'Aaron Fox. The Kings were never going to actively shop De'Aaron for draft picks and for a player worse than De'Aaron. That was never going to be the case. If they're trading De'Aaron Fox, they're getting a player at his level or better. And I've said that I would move uh, De'Aaron Fox in like a Jalen Brown trade with the Boston Celtics. I don't know if that would ever happen, but I would be interested in that. I wouldn't move De'Aaron Fox into DeMontis Sabonis trade with the Indiana Pacers, which according to Jason Anderson, the Kings aren't interested in Sabonis or Miles Turner in Indiana. But this particular conversation had to do with Ben Simmons. And I feel pretty confident in saying that the Kings would not move De'Aaron Fox for Ben Simmons. I could be completely wrong. That is no fact. That is all just based off of my understanding of what the Kings are trying to do. Ben Simmons, I think, is a good player that could really help the Sacramento Kings. But the idea was that you'd be adding Ben Simmons to a De'Aaron Fox-led core. Not that Ben Simmons would be replacing De'Aaron Fox as the number one guy here in Sacramento. Maybe the Kings get a little bit better short-term. Long-term, I don't think that's a good move at all. So I personally would not include De'Aaron Fox in Ben Simmons' trade talks. And maybe Windhorst is suggesting that Fox has been involved in those talks. If that's the case, then I would expect the Kings to get back maybe a little bit more than Ben Simmons, which I don't think the Sixers would ever do. So I don't know. But I wanted to make sure to bring this up because... 
people who saw this kind of ran with the idea that the Kings are shopping De'Aaron Fox and De'Aaron Fox is available, which naturally fans of other teams saw this report too. And instantly they're like, Oh, what can the, what can my team do to fleece the Kings to get De'Aaron Fox since he's playing terribly? How about this young player and a first round pick top 15 protected or lottery protected to which just roll your eyes at that and ignore that because it's not going to happen. De'Aaron Fox is not going to be traded from the Sacramento Kings unless the Kings are getting a massive haul in return a significant star player, or a massive haul. And even then, a haul of draft picks, I think the Kings turned down in a heartbeat, even if it's a Oklahoma City Thunder type haul of draft picks. So don't freak out too much about that. We can have fun, though, with hypothetical conversations in regards to Doug Christie as the future head coach of the Sacramento Kings. He coached in his, uh, his second ever game as uh, an acting head coach, still filling in for Alvin Gentry, like I mentioned earlier. Unfortunately, not as uh, successful this time as he was against the Washington Wizards, who's now 1-1 one one in his career. Hey, a 500 record is still damn good and, and is the best in Sacramento Kings history. So you'll, you'll definitely take that, other than Rick Adelman, of course. Um, we will, uh, we'll talk about the hypothetical possibility and dive into the fun of Doug Christie being named the future head coach of the Kings, why it could work, why it maybe wouldn't work. We'll talk about that. I want to get your opinions on that in just a second, but today's episode of the lockdown Kings podcast is brought to you by betonline.ag. Betonline has you covered for all the season's props, odds, and lines more than ever before with football season approaching the playoffs, NBA season now in full swing. Bet Online is your number one spot for all the sports action all season long. Head to their new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today. You can receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit by using promo code locked on to receive your bonus. That's free money for you uh, to make money with on Bet Online. From basketball to football, NHL hockey, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet Online, where the game starts. And Locked On Kings is brought to you by our longtime friends and sponsors. I'm, of course, talking about Built Bar. This holiday season, grab the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar or even better than a candy bar. Built Bar filled with so much holiday goodness, rich with decadent flavor, covered in chocolate, but amazingly low in calories, sugar, net carbs, and fat, but high in protein. You get the best of both worlds, delicious and healthy. There are so many flavors you'll have a hard time choosing. My favorite is mint brownie. I will stand as that being the best. Uh, my second favorite uh, is chocolate chip cookie dough. They also have raspberry, double chocolate, cherry, cookies and cream, peanut butter brownie. There are so many bars for you to try and they make an excellent stocking stuffer. Something to just uh, to weigh down that stocking a little bit. Some good treats. Maybe you replace all those Hershey's Kisses uh, with a Built Bar this year or a Built Bar or two. If you're going to get them in time for Christmas, though, you have to order right now. So make sure you go and order a mixed box so you can get a variety of flavors. Or if you know what flavors you and your loved ones want, uh, you can order those directly and have that box sent to you. Regardless of what you order, make sure you use uh, promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. It saves you money. Get those treats perfect for the holidays and New Year's celebrations as well. Go to build.com. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off right now. So before we jump into this hypothetical Doug Christie taking over his head coach conversation, this would never happen this season barring very, very, very unusual circumstances. And I'm not even going to go into what those hypotheticals could be because most of them are pretty doom and gloom in regards to Alvin Gentry. We're not even going to do that. What I'm going to, what I mean to say is Doug Christie would not be named the head coach of the Kings, the future head coach of the Kings, 
this season, barring something something crazy and, and maybe even tragic. So we can get that out of our head. However, I fully expect the Kings to do a full-on coaching search this upcoming offseason. Maybe they should have done the last offseason, but this offseason they will do a full-on coaching search. And I expect Alvin Gentry to be in that mix. I expect uh, Doug Christie to be in that mix, even if his he only gets two games. I expect him to be in that mix. Now, I also expect other proven coaches, guys like Kenny Atkinson or maybe even Mike D'Antoni or, or just different names out there, Becky Hammond, to be involved in the mix as well. The Kings need to do their dil- due diligence with this one, not do a Vlade Divac, what he basically did with most of his head coaches, which is grab them as soon as they became available and, and, and sign them immediately without hiring anybody. And I don't know if you know this, but Sam Amick has talked about this a lot. Uh, Monty Williams, who is absolutely thriving with the Phoenix Suns, he wanted the Kings job. He never got an interview from the Kings because Sacramento decided that Luke Walton was their guy. Vladi decided that Luke Walton was their guy. And here we are. So what if the Kings go through their coaching search and they decide, you know what, Doug Christie, even though you have just been a coach for one year, an assistant coach, and you were a head coach for a couple of games during some weird COVID circumstances, you're going to be our guy going forward. Here's my major concern with that move. My major concern is that that's a, a, um, a PR move. And that sounds a hundred percent like a Vivek Ranadive hire a hundred percent. We know Vivek was calling for or wanting, at least it's reported that Vivek was wanting Doug Christie to be named the interim head coach outright after Luke Walton was fired And Monty McNair and the Kings made the right decision, in my opinion, giving that to the much more experienced Alvin Gentry. The Kings have, and fans do this too, and I do this too, we hold on to those 2002, 2001, 2003, 99. We hold on to those seasons 2000 for dear life because that's the best time here in Sacramento. And there are so many pieces from that team, faces from that team who have been involved with the Kings over the years. I mean, Vlade and Peja in the front office, Doug Christie, formerly with broadcast team, now coaching. Bobby Jackson is the head coach of the Stockton Kings, who's an assistant for many years here in Sacramento. I don't want the Kings to make a head coaching move just based off of that history and just because it may be a fan favorite type move. That is my major concern with hiring Doug Christie, which I think is a credit to him because there should be a lot more concern with Doug Christie not being ready to be a head coach after just one season on the bench as an assistant. But I think Doug is capable of overcoming that. I believe that Doug Christie is going to be a successful coach in the NBA, and I believe he will be a successful head coach in the NBA. I don't know where that's going to be. I hope it's here in Sacramento eventually. So if the Kings were to do their whole process and decide that Doug Christie was the right coach going forward, would it be a good hire? And would the would it potentially set the Kings back? And basically, my thinking in this is, what would the Kings have to lose in this situation? I mean, they they there are some names that are potentially going to be available at that time that I think could come in and make a difference with this Kings team. But... I also know that Doug Christie is liked, loved, respected around the NBA, around the league by players, by coaches, by fans, not just here in Sacramento. Players will want to play for DC. 
I think DC could be the perfect mold of the Luke Walton uh, player friend, player relationship approach and the X's and O's. Here is how we need to get better. Here is how we need to play and we need to learn to play this way type of approach that I I guess Dave Yeager kind of had kind of, but also not really like Doug is unique in that. I think Doug can communicate the game. He can speak the game. He can have your back, but also challenge you in a very unique way. And Doug's coaching style, period, I think is very unique. Maybe not his X's and O's and how he would change things. He wouldn't come and reinvent the wheel for the Sacramento Kings necessarily. But if you watch the game on TV tonight, if you watch the last two games, you can hear Doug coaching on the sidelines and talking on the sidelines just as loud as you can hear Katie and and, uh, Kyle on the broadcast. Their mics pick up everything. Doug is loud. He communicates. And players listen to him. Players respect him. I think Doug could actually get a response out of this team. Not saying players need to rely on that, but I think Doug is capable of doing that. So, in this hypothetical situation, could Doug be named the head coach of the Kings, not interim, but the head coach of the Kings next season, and it work? Yes. What's there to lose? Not a whole lot. So I think it's something that's going to be fun to keep an eye on, something that I might be rooting for. I don't know if I have the faith in Doug Christie to be the one to turn around this Kings team. I haven't seen enough. But I do believe that Doug Christie could be a good head coach here in Sacramento and could help build something here in Sacramento. And I would hope that he wouldn't join the long list of Kings coaches that have been somewhat ruined or had their careers changed for the worse because they were in Sacramento. So I want to hear your thoughts on the possibility of Doug Christie being the head coach of the Kings next season onward. I want to hear your thoughts on this uh, this Kings game if you have any. There's not a whole lot to talk about in regards to this Kings loss to the Grizzlies. And your thoughts on including De'Aaron Fox in trade conversations, Ben Simmons or otherwise. Let me know at MattGeorgeSack on Twitter. Email me MattGeorgeSports at gmail.com uh, or you can uh, comment down in the YouTube comment section down below. I plan on having a guest with me, Tim Maxwell, from uh, the uh, formerly Sacktown Royalty, now with the Kings Herald. He and I uh, love to play armchair GM together, and that's pretty much why I always have him on, uh, is to have these hypothetical armchair GM conversations. We're going to talk about uh, trade deadline approaches for the Kings, moves that Monty McNair can, should make, and can and should avoid. Uh, So I hope you'll join me for that fun hypothetical kind of fantasy conversation tomorrow. If you could leave a review for the Locked on Kings podcast, I usually say best place to do that is on Apple Podcasts or iTunes. But now if you listen on Spotify, and I know so many of you do, you can actually leave a rating on Spotify. Just go to the page and you'll see like a little five stars um, below the descriptions. Hit that. Please leave five stars. I really would appreciate that. If you leave a review on uh, iTunes or Apple Podcasts, there's a little box for you to leave a little blurb about what you like about the pod, why you'd encourage others to listen. Please fill that out as well. I really would appreciate that. Uh, And uh, of course, please join me for future episodes of Locked on Kings. I'll have one for you, like I said, tomorrow, or at least that's the plan. Uh, Knock on wood, something goes wrong, but it sounds like we're all set, so I hope you'll join me for that. Until then, my name is Matt George. You have been listening to Locked on Kings, part of the Locked on Podcast Network.